Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Domestic Cricket Podcast by Backyard Sports. Uh, unfortunately, today Sam can't be with us, so we're joined by a special co-host, my younger brother Ethan. Yeah, thanks, Cub. It's great to be here on today's episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, as we currently speak, there isn't really much news going around um, in the domestic Australian domestic cricket scene. Um, obviously, the coronavirus has uh, shortened um, the season and uh, probably shortened a lot of uh, news stories that would come out of it. So, um, yeah, the players and uh, coaching staff are really just um, fine-tuning uh, their game plans and their fitness, respectively. So um, not too much to talk about there. Um, but uh, next episode, we are hoping for some uh, more news to discuss in the domestic cricket scene. Okay, moving on to the next segment. Uh, it's uh, this week's uh, version of Caleb's Classic Match. And this week's episode, I'll be discussing New South Wales v Crude Australia 11 uh, 2016 Matador Barbecues One Day Cup at Hurstville Oval. Now, uh, me and uh, Ethan uh, went to this game. And what, what do you remember from the game? Yeah, look, I remember rocking up to the ground about 10 minutes before the first ball was bowled and the hill was absolutely packed. And from memory, it was a really close game, real tight one. Yeah, um, you are correct there. So I've got the scorecard up here. Um, now, this is probably... CA11 played uh, in three seasons of the One Day Cup from 2015 to 2017 and... They recorded a victory against Tasmania and against South Australia, but I reckon this is probably their best game because you look at the New South Wales team and it is really, really strong. They had uh, Daniel Hughes, Ed Cowan, Nick Madsen, Henriquez, Curtis Patterson, Neville, Pat Cummings, and who else? They had uh, Chris uh, Gurinder Sandu and Nathan Lyon playing as well. So that was a really strong lineup and. Um, uh, New South Wales batted first. Uh, they finished their innings on three hundred twenty-eight for six, which is uh, pretty a pretty um, good score. But I think it was uh, very well done from the young CA eleven bowlers, uh, considering Hurstville Oval was such a small ground. Um, to keep them to three twenty-eight is uh, probably just on par, which is fantastic. And then who would have thought CA eleven um, batted out their whole innings against a side featuring a really good bowling attack? And they came just short of four runs. Uh, they finished their innings on 324 for six. Uh, some of the highlights of the match was Moses Henriquez scoring 164 not out of 135. Uh, when he came in, the side was uh, two for 17, so they were in a bit of trouble early. So he came in and steadied the ship. And Curtis Patterson made 79 of 73. Uh, and then for CA11, uh, from their bowlers, the best bowling was from uh, Xavier Bartlett, uh, 2 for 47 of 10 overs, and then Adjournair, um this was the season before he debuted for New South Wales, um, 2 for 53 off his 10 overs. Um, and then going on to CA11's batting innings, Josh Inglis, who we know is now tearing it up in the Big Bash League, was opening for CA11, scored 54. And then Ryan Gibson, now a uh, New South Wales Blues one-day mainstay, um, scored 97 off 104 and was bowled by Pat Cummings. So it was unlucky there for him to not reach the century. 
And then following him was the captain, Will Bazisto, who has now switched states from WA to South Australia. And uh, he scored 75 there, Captain Will Bazisto. And um, Matt Short also provided 47 off 27 at the end to try and rescue their innings and give them a hope of victory. And boy, did he do that. They came within four runs and had five off the last ball to win. And unfortunately... They could not get there. Um, from the bowling for New South Wales, it was very uh, one-sided in the bowling scorecard. Pat Cummings picked up four for 70. Uh, he got whacked around a bit there, but um, his nine overs got four wickets, and then Dwarshus and Sandu were the only other bowlers to pick up wickets. Um, and, yeah, it was a fantastic crowd. I reckon there would have been nearly 3,000, which would nearly be a capacity at Hurstville Oval. It was packed and um yeah it was a, it was a really um great game to watch it was really uh entertaining and uh, me and Ethan and Sam made it on the uh the broadcast on the cricket network uh ball was uh hit over the scoreboard there and um into the kind of a catering area for the players and um so we, we ran ran to get it obviously it's fenced off so I had to ask a chef who I reckon it was probably his first game ever at the cricket he had no idea what was happening so he gave the ball back we threw it back over the fence and um yeah, I was the only CA11 supporter in the ground. I had a uh, Cricket Australia jersey on. I had my Australia hat on and I also had, uh, you know, those Hawaiian necklaces, Ethan, yeah, with the yeah, flowers, you remember that? Yeah. So we had a Hawaiian necklace that was uh, green and gold. And I had a, a I had a sign. I've still got that sign. It said, go CA11. And uh, all, they, all the CA11 players loved it. It's probably the first and only support I've ever had, really. Um, but, yeah, it'd be great to see them back in the competition. They were... Um, Provided some young up and coming players really good opportunities, so that's uh, that's my classic match. All right, moving on to the next segment. Uh, this time it's Ethan's classic match. Uh, his first one, obviously, his first one on the show. So, uh, what game have you got for us today, Ethan? Uh, I've got New South Wales VWA at Jamoin Oval. Yes, yes, I remember this game. Is this last season's game? Uh, yep. So, um, New South Wales were six for three hundred and forty-eight. And WA were 271. All out. Uh, yeah, no, I believe it was New South Wales' only victory from the tournament, um, which was a sh- pretty uh, shocking uh, result for them, um, considering the team they were uh, playing, and especially the fact that they had Smith and Warner and all them for a game or two. So um, uh, it says Daniel Hughes... <laughs> Is that 152 he scored? Yeah, yeah 152 runs. And um, also, Jilks uh, also got 82 runs. What an innings that was. We were sitting on the hill and there was just balls landing on the hill every second ball. He was absolutely smashing it. I think it was one of his first games and um, off 51 balls. Ridiculous. That really um, launched his uh, uh, career at New South Wales. Um, Nathan Coltonile with two wickets. And um, Ty with three wickets. Yeah, um, and Ty got really whacked around there. 8.6 runs and over his economy rate. Um, and moving down, WA were 271 all out from 44 overs. Uh, who scored the runs here? Uh, Josh Phillippe, 64 or 50, opening the batting. Sean Marsh, 33. And there wasn't much to come from there except for Hilton Cartwright, the Zimbabwean-born... 
Australian Test player scored 74-68 and uh, from there the wickets kept falling and they were bowled out for 271, uh, about 70-odd runs short of their required target. Um, in the wickets, who, who got the most wickets in this game? Uh, and for the New South Wales, we have um, Nair and Conway getting the highest wickets and... Um, Daniel Sams surprised me because in the Big Bash, he did really good with his bowling, like golden bat bowler or something. Yeah. And in this game, he didn't produce one wicket, which is a bit unfortunate, but... But he did have a good tournament. He, uh, in the one-day cup, he got, um, he did have still good, good, good tournament. Uh, obviously, his batting this season was a bit, um, bit dismal in the Big Bash and in the one-day cup as well, but, uh... This, it was Dan Fallon's second uh, game for New South Wales, and he picked up two wickets, and he also caught a ripping catch. Uh, me, Sam, and Ethan were uh, lining up for the um, the little uh, takeaway van they had there, and um, just remember watching this ball and Dan Fallon's, who uh, went, uh, who we've interviewed a couple of episodes ago, and went to our primary school. He is fielding on the boundary, so um, we were hanging around there, and he, the ball, I think it was. Philippi it might have been, absolutely smashed it right at his chest, about 60 metres away, he's on the boundary, he catches a blinder on his chest, it was a really hard one, he couldn't, he didn't know where to put his fingers, whether they face him up or down, and um, got there in the end, and um, ran in, and that's, that was probably the loudest roar I've heard all day, that was a really cool roar, um, we are sitting in front of a small grandstand there, so it was uh, quite loud, that roar, and um, he ended up getting another two wickets, and um, Ethan had a poster, yeah. Can you tell him about that? Yeah, I had a poster for Dan Fallon's asking if he would like uh give me one of his jerseys. And lucky enough, about 20 minutes after the game, he came back, gave me a photo and a training shirt. And he had a signature on the back, so... Fantastic stuff from Dan. Yeah. Great friend of the show as well. Um, very kind of him to donate his jersey to Ethan. Um, and Ethan's... Wearing it pretty much every second day whenever we play cricket, really. So, um, yeah, it's gone to good use. And, um, yeah, so that was uh, Ethan's classic match. All right, moving on to the next segment. It's Angry Talk. Now, I'll be discussing something that's really ruffled my feathers. Um, obviously, there isn't too much going on at the moment that I can get angry about. But there's one thing that's been... It's been a pressing issue of mine. Um... Now, it, it, when was it? I reckon 2017 was when they stopped charging people at the gate for the one-day cup. Now, a lot of people will be saying, hey, why are you angry at that? Free free entry. Now, that's well and good, but I just... I think they they really should have kept... Uh, like, ticket price was cheap anyway. Ten bucks for an adult for eight hours of entertainment. Five bucks for a concession. And it's free for kids anyway. And you got a ticket and... So all the uh, cricket nuffies like me would love collecting the tickets, and um, but they stopped that, and I was really disappointed. And I think that was part of the reason why the One Day Cup probably hasn't been as advertised as it usually was since the twenty. Uh, I remember twenty sixteen seasons, and before that, they used to have posters around the ground, big banners. They used to have the dollar dogs, so um, from one to two pm in every game. Uh, you'd be able to get $1 dogs, hot dogs, uh, sausages in a roll. And they used to have these um, 
big tarps and uh, marquee tents with a target on it. And if a player hit a six onto that, whatever score he was on, that's how many uh, sausages they'd give away. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame they... I think I, I, that's, that's my suspicion anyway, that um, the money coming from those tickets may well have been going towards uh, the advertising materials for the One Day Cup. And um, unfortunately... Yeah, they stopped that, and that it, that angered me really because I love collecting the tickets. I love the atmosphere you get at the game, like the anticipation of a ball hitting the target, and they they got rid of it. And the one day cups always kind of been a really cool competition. It's always been really cool to um go to the games and um get that small ground atmosphere. Yeah, it's it's always a bit of fun. There's always the drunk people on the hill hurling abuse at the uh, opposition teams and. Uh, often players give it back to them. It's re- it's really cool atmosphere. You get the one dollar dogs and it's um really cool. But they've stopped that and um it's really has angered me that they've stopped charging people and from there the competition's kind of gone downhill. I reckon uh, obviously the uh the players themselves haven't and the um competition on the field has. But off the field, I think it's really lost its touch and it's quite a shame because you know you look back at the golden days uh late 90s when they had Canberra Comets in they had the um every team was wearing the same jersey design just different colors mercantile mutual cup they'd yeah, sell out crowds at all these grade venues um and um VFL venues down in uh Melbourne as well every weekend uh yeah they consistently get five ten thousand and now you're looking at lucky to get 500 at a game in Sydney so um and then they're scheduling it on Wednesdays and stuff like that. I just think it's lost their touch and it's... Um, I hope they rebuild it because um, the Australian one-day side certainly could be better. Um, we perform well at World Cups, but other than that, we've really struggled. So I think it shows. Um, uh, and, you know, you know, you look overseas, Ethan, and you you got England and even New Zealand, I reckon they do a better job in their one-day competitions. But here it's really neglected. Um, all the domestic money goes straight to the Big Bash, which I think is a shame because Big Bash is big enough as it is and they're neglecting the uh, one-day form of the game uh, domestically in Australia and it has its effect on international level. So it's um it's a shame anyway, uh, getting a bit off topic here, but my angry point of the week is bring back the tickets to the one-day cup. Well, that brings to an end episode four of the Domestic Rit podcast by Backyard Sports. It was uh, fantastic having you on the show today, Ethan. Unfortunately, Sam couldn't make it. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Cal. Hopefully, I'll be back on the podcast in the near future. Yeah, so, um, yeah, thanks for uh, joining in. Um, check, don't forget to check out Backyard Sports Official on Instagram and Facebook uh, for skits, videos. Not too much happening at the moment due to... Uh, the restrictions uh, in terms of social distancing, but hopefully some more content coming your way soon. But check it out. We've got uh, plenty of videos and um, highlights and everything on there. So check it out. Uh, Backyard Sports Official on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, but uh, thanks for joining us on Episode 4 of the Domestic Group Podcast. Catch you later.